Well, it's so good to see all of you this morning, um, praying you had a wonderful start to your day already. Amen. How many have felt the presence of God? Just such a beautiful spirit of the Lord. So I am uh, going on part two of our series called The Advocate. And if you missed last week, I just encourage you to jump online um, and just while you're driving or getting ready in the morning to uh, listen to the Word of God. How many know the Word of God changes us? Amen. And so this message is going to be building on it. So I just encourage you to listen to last week. The title last week was, Do You Believe I Can Do This? We're talking about four questions that Jesus has asked in the Word. He's asked a lot more than that, but we're only going to look at four of them. And last week was about our belief system and our faith in Christ. Today, uh, the Lord really put in my heart as I was studying this last week, uh, my title is called this, and Jesus being our advocate, a different perspective on worry. I know none of you worry in this church. It's okay. <laughs> we'll just take good notes, like I say, and teach it to your friends and family. But we're going to talk about worry today because I believe worry gets a hold of our hearts and things that we don't have control over, things that we don't understand what God is doing, especially in the world that we're living in today. How many know worry would like to take us out? And it, would, it goes against our physical body, our emotional state of mind, our joy, our peace. And even when we're in worry, we lose, we lose hope for the future. And how many know the enemy wants to swipe that out of the, out of the body of Christ? So I really want to expose worry today. And, and how do we handle those things that are really overtaking our hearts? Those, just those troublesome things, the things that we're anxious about. And, and really the things that you can't change. Say, I can't change them. Because those are usually the things that we worry about because we don't know the circumstances or how the end result is going to be. I preached this before, but I put it in my notes today, and it says this, what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. So, I mean, that's a good thing. It exposes us like I am worried about this. It's on the top of my mind every day when I go to bed and when I wake up because I value it. It's important to me. I want to change. I want an end result. But also what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. So it's a twofold coin. If fear is gripping our heart and worry has really overtaken our emotional state of mind, we've got to get back into faith and put our trust where it belongs. Amen. And that's why last week's message will be such a huge blessing to you. But when you begin to expose the areas where you're worried about and where you're fearful about, it's a window into the spiritual issue of your heart. So it's not something to push away. It's not something to condemn yourself because you're troubled about things. Because the Bible says trouble will always be among us. But it's a window into my heart to go, I've got some issues in this area that I'm overwhelmed about that I really haven't put it into the Lord's hands. Because when it really is, and I'm going to show you in scripture today, when it truly is in the Lord's hands and out of your heart, you will walk in the peace of God. You will walk in the peace of God because it's the benefits of the word of God. Amen. So worry means this. It's an error of distrusting the promises in the power of God. Worry is the error of distrusting the promises in the power of God. I mean, somewhere along the line, we have lost trust in God Almighty. The God who still sits on the throne. God who is the Alpha and the Omega. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and yet somehow we've taken what we're concerned about and put it back into our own hands and think, if I could just figure this out, then it can make everything go away. And in fact, it's just the opposite. Your children, give them to the Lord. Your finances, give them to the Lord. 
your marriage, give them to the Lord. Amen. Because only in a supernatural hand of God can things really change in your life. We have no ability in the natural to handle the worry. Only God the Father does. Aren't you thankful we serve a great God that we can put our trust in? That we don't have to walk. I don't know how the world does it today. I don't know how they, they survive in all of the chaos and the confusion and, and things that's happening without having their hope in God Almighty who sits on the throne. Amen. We have that power in our life. So I know even in my own life, and maybe some of you have struggled with constant worry, chronic worry. And being in ministry since I was 20 years old, there's been chronic worry, worrying about people, worrying about relationships, worrying about marriages, worrying about finances. And I've really had to learn to get a hold of worry in my life because worry will wipe you out. It will get, knock you out of the game or, or it'll knock you out of your race of faith. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. And so I've had to learn to bring worry in and how to reel it in. And I just want to show you a couple things this morning. There's many more ways. I want to show you just a couple ways that I handle worry in my life. And isn't it something when you just get your life lined up, like you deal with worry, like you just go over one obstacle and you're like, ah, oh, you come up for a breath of air and then all of a sudden, boom, there's another thing to worry about. And you're like, is it ever going to end, God, you know? And there are times of peace, but once you learn to handle worry, I promise you, everything you go through, you will walk through with the grace of God. And you will, because I am a living um, person that has done that in my life. Amen? So uh, uh, worry is a matter of perspective. We have to put our worry in the right perspective. And that is seeing in the perspective that God sees your situation in. And um, I know in California, they have a bunch of earthquakes all the time. Or other countries, there's all these earthquakes. And some people may think, I'll never live in California. Those earthquakes terrify me. I would be terrified to be in an, in an earthquake. But you talk to someone in California, they're like, well, what's the big deal? We've been, through, we've been through earthquakes. I've had pictures fall off my wall. I've, I've had the shaking where we've had to hide under the table. But they went through it and realized it wasn't as bad as what other people think that it is. But you can't tell somebody that that hasn't been through an earthquake. And there's some people who literally are terrified of Arizona because of our haboobs. Those big sandstorms. Like they're like, oh, my gosh, that is so terrifying. How do you see? How do you drive? And we're like, whatever. I mean, it generally stays in the south anyway. It rarely gets up here to us. But um, see, there's perspective. We've been through it. We understand the, the behavior. We go, we, we made it through it, and we're still here. And that's the same thing with worry. You have to go, I'm still standing here today. 2023, I'm still here. The devil could have took me out five years ago. He could have destroyed that 10 years ago or even yesterday. But guess what? I'm here, and I'm breathing, and I'm still trusting God. When you put that worry and that fear that grips your heart in the perspective of God's hands, it will change everything in your life. Because how many know God has it under control already? There's this old saying, it probably will date me, but it says, feed your faith and starve your fears. So you have to think about what is the input. What input are you putting into your emotional soul and your mental soul? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Pastor Paul and I were talking the other day how we miss like the 80s, you know, back in the day where you got an hour of news. We didn't know everything going on in the world. I mean, the world is a little, I think, over the edge crazy than normal, but the world's always had problems. We just didn't know about it. 
We lived in our happy little homes and we went to church and there was no other options in the world. We just loved our life. And sometimes we miss those days. And so what are we putting in our soul? What are we watching? What are, what are we rehearsing in our mental ability during the week? Are we rehearsing failure? Are we rehearsing fear and, and um, brokenness in our life? What are you putting inside of yourself? Amen. When you are so close to the situation, it's hard to see clearly. When you're right up on it. You ever just been right up on something and you can't see the whole picture? What do you have to do? You have to step away from it. That's changing perspective. I'm so close to this. This hurts. This overwhelms me. I don't know what I'm going to do. How are my children going to be safe? How are we going to pay our bills? How's my marriage going to get through it? But you're, you're like this. And God's like, change your perspective. Step away from the emotional of what it is and get my perspective through my word that I've already promised you, and you'll begin to see that I've already handled that situation. The word of God will trigger in your heart. You'll be like, that's my anchor of my soul. I'm going to hang on to that scripture. I'm going to hang on to that truth. But you have to be willing to change your perspective. you got to change what you're looking at. Amen. We're going to put a picture up there really quick. Some of you have probably seen this. Has anybody ever seen this before? Okay, so those of you who don't know, there are two images here in this picture. And there's a beautiful woman and there's an old lady. How many saw the beautiful woman right away? How many see the old lady? How many cannot see the beautiful woman? <laughs> okay, what you have to do is just look a little close and close your eyes, look around a little bit. Change your perspective, and all of a sudden, the opposite's going to pop out at you. Why? Because you change your perspective. You can look at that and go, that's, that's a beautiful woman with a hat and a profile. That's your first perspective. And you can hang on to that perspective. And it can be a truth, because how many know things that we worry about is a truth? I am worried about situations. They are overwhelming me in my heart. But if I begin to look just a little different, I can see something different in the picture of my life than what I saw before. And God wants to challenge you today. Maybe it's not going to change in the natural, but in your soul, in the seat of your affection, if you look at it a little differently, you can begin to see God doing some miracles in a way that you can't see him doing. Amen? We have to get God's point of view on every situation. We're going to look at some scripture this morning, and we're going to talk about Paul. And we all love Paul so much. And, and in, in Philippians 4, we'll go there in just a minute, but he had every reason in scripture to worry. When we learn about Paul, Paul was always in trouble. You know, before I get into Paul this morning, one thing I did want to talk about is it is Pentecost Sunday, and I was just praying this week about the disciples and their families and how they follow Jesus. The journey of their walk with Jesus, and if we just fast-paced their story, they walked with Jesus, they knew Jesus, they heard his stories, and they had him near, and being near, they felt safe and secure, and then Jesus died. Like the man that they followed, the man that they loved, the man that they trusted emptied out of their life. He wasn't present. And then they had to deal with that. And then what happened? Jesus rose from the dead, and he walked with them for 40 days. And what a range of emotions. Like, wow, Jesus is back with us again. Like, that must have felt wonderful. And then all of a sudden, he ascended into heaven, and he's gone. 
well, where's he at now? Like, look at this worry. Like, what are we going to do? We're here without our leader. We're here without Jesus. We've been following him. And he says to take all of us and go into the upper room. Are you kidding me? That, that's worry. How do I trust this when I'm in a situation that I've not experienced before? Anybody ever been there? But what did they do? They followed the command of Jesus. He said, go, wait, and tarry. See, when you're in worry, there is a breakthrough moment coming for you, but you have to follow the journey of Jesus. What does his word say in your circumstance? And you know what? 120 of them followed the command of Jesus. And I can't imagine that journey and waiting in that upper room, and they probably didn't like each other, and they probably fought a lot. I mean, there's 120 different kind of people in the room. Y'all are quiet today. Jeez. Act like I don't know what I'm talking about. 120. We all can't get along with us in this room. No, we can't. We have a really good church. It's amazing. But listen, you're living with people. It's different. And now Jesus, their security is gone. And he's like, wait, okay, God, it's been a couple days. Where is this promise? But they had to trust him. And they had to wait on him. And then suddenly, the entrance of the Holy Ghost came into the world. And it changed them. And, and their gifts and callings arose. And something happened. And that's what you have to see in the perspective of worry. There is something amazing God has for you. It's in that waiting. Wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to come and deliver the miracle that you need. Amen? And it's in that waiting and trusting. And so here we find Paul. And he has gone through imprisonment. He's been... Um, and when we find this in the story, he's chained to a Roman soldier. He's facing possible execution. He, he is facing being behead. I mean, beheaded. The worst news possible is about to come to his life. There's no place for hope in this situation. But if you look in past scriptures that Paul wrote, his perspective with God was so powerful. He wrote in Romans 8.39, I love it. He said, nothing will separate me from the love of God. He learned in his journey of walking that I can trust in God. I may be imprisoned right now, but I serve a God who can set me free at any moment. And, and he wrote in 2 Corinthians, he said, um, or, or excuse me, Romans, he said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons can take you out of the will of God. Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nothing is able to separate you from the love of Christ. Whatever you're worried about, put your trust in God. Nothing can take you away from what God has for you. That's good news. And Paul learned that. He learned when he was shipwrecked, God still survived him. He learned that when he was uh, stoned and left for dead, he still was walking on earth and breathing. He knew that his God took care of him. And what you have to do is go back and reflect that my God was for me there. He's going to be for me now. I don't understand the worry. I don't understand the situation. But I'm going to put my trust and my hope back in God. Because carrying it myself is wearing me out. Caring worry will make you go to the cupboard at midnight and eat a bunch of Oreos. I didn't say I did that. I just said it could. I didn't say I didn't. It'll make you want to order a pizza. Like, it makes you indulge in the flesh because my flesh is troubled. But when you put it back in God, you will walk in the peace of God. And I'm going to show you that. Amen. All right, he suffered snake bites. He suffered, excuse me, suffered flogging, and yet he still was standing. 
Why? Because he had a different perspective. Amen? A different perspective. I love this in 2 Corinthians 4. Paul wrote this also. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellent of the power may be of God and not of us. Listen to his story. This is what he was saying in his experience. We are hard-pressed on every side. Yeah, the pressure's great. We don't know if we're going to survive, but I'm not crushed. What he's saying, I'm still standing. It's been a lot of pressure, and it's been like the wineskins, and I don't like it, but I'm still standing. I'm still worshiping God. I haven't lost my faith or my hope. I'm still here. Amen. I think that's an old song. I'm still standing. Thank you. Carnal people, let me pray. No, just kidding. He went on to say, we are perplexed. I don't understand God. Why is this here? Why is it happening? Why, why haven't you changed circumstances? What, what are you doing? Has anybody ever been there? I don't understand, but I'm not in despair. What does that mean? I've not lost my hope yet. I don't understand the situation, but my hope is in God. I'm going to be okay. I may be persecuted, but guess what? I'm not forsaken. I'm not alone. The world may persecute me because I love Jesus. The world may persecute me or my family because I'm walking by faith and trusting God, but I'm not forsaken by my father. And if I have to stand alone like David did and fight the good fight of faith and encourage myself, I'm going to do that because I know my faith and my trust is in God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And he went on to say, I may be forsaken, but I'm not struck down. No, excuse me. But I'm, I may be, what am I reading here? Not in despair. Persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. Struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Woo! How many of the enemy has tried to take you out over the last year or two? He's tried to take you out of the pocket. He's tried to discourage you and cause you to lose faith. So many Christians got derailed because they put their trust in the world instead of in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But you're here and you're standing. So I'm going to share some things with you this morning. Two points that we don't have to worry about. We don't have to worry, number one, about what will happen when we know who's in charge. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen because I know who's in charge. We don't have to worry about the how when you have the who. Doesn't matter about the who when you, when you know. Doesn't matter about the when when you know the who. I don't know. It's a Dr. Seuss poem. That's what I'm trying to say. But you don't have to worry about the how. When I know the who, I know Jesus. I know the author and finisher of my faith. I know the one who wrote the book about my life. And when you're worried about the how, press into the who. Press into Jesus. Begin to see what he sees. Begin to hear the word of God. And that trouble that you're going through will fade away because I don't know the A, B, C, D, E's, but I know the great I am. And I know that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I know that he's going to favor me. I know favor surrounds me as with a shield. I know that a grace and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Why am I walking in worry and fear when I've got the who on my side? I love this in Philippians 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Anxious. The seat of your emotions, overwhelmed, your mind, you're not able to sleep, wringing of the hands. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what did he say? Present your request to God. He's saying, I have given you a way to give the things to me. I have learned in my life, hold everything dear to you like this. Open-handed. 
and say, it is yours, God. My marriage is yours, and, and my children, they're yours. They're going to serve you one day. I don't know where you're going to meet them on the road of Damascus, but you're going to meet them there. I'm holding my life like this because they belong to God. You can't cling on to things. You can't hold on to that thing because it doesn't belong to you. It causes anxiousness of heart and worry within your soul. He said, but if you'll learn to hold loosely, present to me with thanksgiving. Thank you, God, I can give this worry to you. I can't go to the world. I can't go to friends to solve it for me, but I know that I can give it to you. He said, and what happens when you do that? The peace of God, which transcends all your understanding. It means it bypasses the mind. When you really give that thing to God, the peace of God comes in and it goes past the mind. And what happens? It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what happens? I'm worried about something. I carry a worry for the church, always. I don't, but I'm saying it would like to go there. Always thinking of God, you know, take care of the church, take care of the people. But I have learned God belongs to you. God, thank you for the good church that you gave us. Thank you for the beautiful families that you gave us. Thank you for their children that they'll rise up and call their parents blessed. These are my prayers every day with thanksgiving. And what happens every time I do that, the word says peace guards me. What does that mean? Matthias, come up here. And don't be a smart aleck. Come up here. I got to watch him. What happens? Okay, this is peace. And I am giving things to God. I'm over here with worry. I'm over here with things that I'm overwhelmed about that's troubling my heart. But in prayer, I'm like, God, I give it to you. I cast all my cares upon you. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your hope. And I begin to declare the word of God. What happens? Peace. Come stand in front of me. Peace guards me. No, don't go nowhere, peace. Peace guards me. The enemy doesn't have access to me. You don't get my emotions. You don't get my sleepless nights. You don't get my fear. You don't get my tears. You don't get my confusion. You don't, you don't have access because I've got a guard of my heart. <laughs> Thank you. He's like, you're not coming out of this protection. <laughs> I did yell at her. I'm not going to yell at you. Thank you so much. You can sit down. Can you see in the spirit? When you give it to God, there's a guarding of God that says, I got you. I got your heart. You're going to be okay. The seat of my affections now has peace because I have a military guard. That's what that word means, guard. It's a military that prevents hostility from coming towards me. How do I walk in the peace that passes all understanding? It's God. It's not mine. I'm constantly giving worry and fear and all those things that try to overtake my heart. Amen? The first part of that scripture that says, do not be anxious I looked up that word anxious, that first part of that verse, and another translation, it says, be careful. Be careful. And it immediately made me think of the scripture verse, 1 Peter 5, 8. And I want to read this to you in the message because I think it's so powerful. It says, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. <laughs> 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 
keep your guard up. How do I keep my guard up? It belongs to you, God. It's in your hands, God. My kids belong to you. The economy belongs to you. I'm going to give it to God, and that peace is going to guard me because why? The devil is ready to pounce when you are in worry. Why? He wants to steal your joy, wants to steal your peace, wants to steal your hope. He's the, he's the, he, we know he's a liar, amen, and he's a stealer. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. You're not the only one. Every one of us in this room faced something this week. Every one of us. And we can get in this mentality of, I'm just going through it. Well, we all are. Why? Because there's the enemy of this world. But I'm not going to let the enemy plunge me into a dark place. I'm going to choose peace and hope in Christ Jesus. He said, so get a firm grip on the faith. I want to show you, of course, a little illustration. It might be simple to you, but we're talking about everything belongs to the Lord. Everything. And when it's out here and it's not in the Lord's hands, it's a troublesome for you. It's a place where the enemy has your emotions and your fears. But we as a, as a Christian have to take my family. I've got to put it in the Lord. That means they're in the Lord's hands. God's going to watch over them. God's going to protect them. And, and then we're like, God, where's that miracle? Why aren't my children serving you? And we go back and we look. Well, Lord, are you done yet? And we take our family right back out of the Lord's hands. Because it didn't happen when we wanted it. It didn't happen when we thought it should happen. And so we're worried, Lord, God, what are you going to do? I better call another prayer partner. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying. But what is the heart of it? Is it fear-based or is it faith-based? Is it fear like, oh, my God, I better, I better do something? Or is it like, I'm getting my sister or brother in Christ, and we're going to bring heaven down, and we're going to destroy the works of the enemy? When you do that, the family goes back into the Lord's hands. Same thing with your finances. You know what? It's strange we're living in, but you're a tither. You're a giver. You put God's first. God says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and bless you. Guess what? It's in the Lord's hands. I'm not going to wring my hands about finances. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to put it back in God's hands, and I'm going to let his word work the miracle in my finances. Amen? Same thing with my job. Pastor Ginger thought I was talking about Job this morning. Talking about your job. It's in the Lord's hands. Amen? Your health. It's in the Lord's hands. We have to put it back into God's hands. Get it out of your hands and put it back into his hands. I will do what I can do. But I'm going to trust God with what I can't do. And I think that's where we have to get as, as followers of Christ. Yes, you can do some things. There are some things in the natural. You could get your budget together, right? You could get your profit and loss statement. Know what you can spend and can't spend. That's wisdom. But the supernatural power of God can get you out of debt. Right? So I can only do so much, but God, you have to do the rest. If I want healing in my body, yes, I can eat well and I can do those things and I can silence my mind, but God, the miracle is going to come through you. There's some things you can do, but only God can bring the manifestation of it. Amen? If I can do something about it, I'll do it. But if you can't, stop worrying about it. Because Matthew said that. What have you changed? You've been worrying about this and it hasn't changed anything. He says, if I'll take care of the birds of the air, don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. I just need you to put it in the right perspective and put it back into my hands. Amen. 
What can I do? I can't heal my loved one, but I know God can. I can't change my spouse. It was so funny when I was going over my notes this morning, I thought I wrote change spouses. I'm like, no, you're not allowed to change spouses. But you can't change your spouse, but God can. You can't always protect your children, but God can. You can't always control the future. How many would love to be in control of the future? But God can. Can I change my worry? No, but God can change anything. Amen. It's a matter of perspective. I want to encourage you, don't think the worst case scenario. It's so easy to go to the worst case scenario. Well, what about this? And what if that happens? And what if that happens? No. Step back. Trust the God. He said, if you ask for a fish, I'm not going to give you a snake. And if you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a rock. If an evil father gives good things to his son, how much more your spiritual father is going to give to you good things? God has good things for you, amen. He told in Philippians what to think about. He said, listen, whatever's true, the word, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. What's the input? Change the input. Amen. All right, number two, let's go quickly. Many of us may worry about what we have that makes us happy. You may not like where you're at in your life. You may not like the home you live in or the situation you're in. Maybe you're married and not happy. Maybe you're unmarried and not happy. Maybe you want more. And there's just so many things in our life that we can be thankful for instead of being caught up on all that we don't have. I walked into a grocery store the other day, and this cute little old lady, um, and I talk to everybody. I'm, I go into a store, and I'm like, Barb, don't talk to nobody. Like, why do you have to talk to people? Like, it really annoys me. I'm like, don't smile at people. Don't ask them how they are. Why do I do this? I just always am engaging with people. Well, here comes this cute little old lady. I'm like, hi. And she's like, I just put gas in my car. And, and she just went off about everything. And I'm going to this grocery store. I'm sick. I don't even want to walk in this grocery store. And I heard what she was saying. She was worried about everything. And I wanted to stop her so bad. And I wish I would have. I could kick myself or not. And just say, stop and think about one good thing. It's one good thing. Guess what? You are walking into this store. Woo! You may have to spend a little extra on groceries, and I know it's hard and it's overwhelming, but I get to walk in the door. I have the opportunity to start a new day afresh. There's something that you can look with the magnifying glass of the negative, or you can look from God's perspective and see the positive. What a beautiful thing, amen? God is so good. All right, let me share the greatest, number two. We don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. Who truly satisfies us? I'm going to share the greatest secret with you. Are you ready? i got a couple minutes left, and I'm going to share the greatest secret. Let's look at uh, Philippians 4. It says this. This is Paul again. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. He's saying, you know what? The church received an offering for him. Uh, um, someone risked their life to get that money to Paul. And guess where Paul is? He's in prison again. He's like, I'm so thankful that you thought about me. He said, indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. But look at verse 11. I am not saying this because I'm in need. He's in prison. He's definitely in need. What does he go on to say? I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances are. He had learned it. Contentment in every situation is not easy. But if you learn to trust God in the moment, maybe you're not in the way you want to live right now. It's okay. It's not the end of your story. 
It's not over. You're still breathing air. God is still alive. That means miracles are still in motion for your situation. You still have hope. Amen. He said, I had to learn to be content in every in, in, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through Christ Jesus. You think, I can't give this. I can't do this anymore. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. How can you confess that? Because I put my trust in him. How, how did Paul learn that? Because he was content. He wasn't looking for more. He wasn't looking for more. We have a tendency to look for more and the next and the exciting. God says, be content with where you are. Be satisfied with that. I'm the God that has a cattle on a thousand hills. It's coming your way. But if you'll rest in me, I'll bring it all to you. The Bible says the blessings of God chase you down. You don't have to go chasing them. They chase you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The last thing that I left out of the box is us, you, me. Me. And I love this because there's so many scripture verses. I'm going to bring this back with me about us. This is us. I should have put us or you. <laughs> I'm not talking to myself. But me always has to go into the Lord. You have to find yourself in the Lord. And there's scripture verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will fulfill the desires of your heart. It says, in the Lord, I take refuge. Not out here. I'm not finding safety in my own security. I'm finding it in him. That's in worship and prayer in the word, seeking his perspective. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It says Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And when you go in Christ, my last one is believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. When you are in the Lord, you are not seen. There's no place for the enemy to come. There's no target. He has no access to me. The enemy can't offend me. The enemy can't discourage me. He can't derail me. He will try. And I may peek my head out of the box and look around, but I'm going to get back in Christ. I'm going to get back in the Lord because that's where the peace of God comes in your life, when you are immersed in the Lord. Amen. And when you put everything in Christ, he works all things together for good according to his riches in glory. Amen. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, I thank you for these amazing people. I thank you for this amazing church, God. Lord, as you shared this morning for their hearts to release worry back to you, God, we do that right now. Father, any place of worry that we are carrying, overwhelmingness, anxiousness, fear, troublesome in our hearts, God, we want to put it back into you, Father God. Hallelujah. And as Franco plays the piano, I'm going to ask if you are this morning and you are you're like, I'm in that place. I'm in that tormented, overwhelming place. That is nothing to be ashamed of. That just means the enemy is there and we want to pray him off of you. We want to pray him off of your mind, off of your heart. We want you to walk out with liberty and freedom today. Amen. God didn't bring you here to have you leave bound by the same thing that he brought you in with. Amen. So if that's you, I want you to make your way forward really quick. Just stand and come right here and we're going to get around you and we're going to pray over you and we're going to believe God for that thing to be broken. Don't be embarrassed. Come on down. I know they're out there. Just come on down.
Thank you, Jesus. Just make your way. We have all been there. Listen, I walked and prayed with Jesus this week about stuff. So we, have, we need to constantly go back to the Lord. But it's when it involves torment is when you know the devil has to be broken. Amen. Uh, prayer partners and pastors and elders, could you come around this amazing group? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to speak to those of you who have been in this situation. God's going to break the power of darkness. And I want you to get ready. Just as sneaky as the oppression came on is the power of God to set you free. Amen. And they're going to come into agreement behind you. And if you'll come close, I'm going to actually just touch you on the top of your head. And when I do, I believe God's going to break that stronghold. Amen. With the power of agreement behind us. But I want you to get your heart and a stature of God. I'm done with this oppression. I'm done with the torment. I'm done with the worry. I'm done with the fear. I'm done wringing my hands. Some of you just need to cast it at the feet of Jesus today. So, Father, we pray over everyone here this morning that has responded to your word, Father God. And, Lord, your word says you'll not forsake them or leave them. And, Lord, we decree that right now in the atmosphere of your spirit, you will break the stronghold, Father God, of torment and worry and anxiety and fear and depression and the the name of Jesus we expose the weapons of the enemy and we release the power of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus name power of the Holy Spirit we break every tormenting spirit right now in the name of Jesus Christ darkness must flee right now in the name of Jesus Woo! looser now in the name of Jesus every tormenting spirit go in the name of Jesus Christ all the darkness to be exposed by the light of God right now in Jesus name right now now in Jesus name darkness go looser now worry go in Jesus name tormenting spirit looser now in the name of Jesus Christ right now father in the name of Jesus just the silent torment of his heart we bind you up in the name of Jesus we bind up your forces in the name of Jesus. I just hear the Lord say, Terry, you have been fighting the good fight of faith. And you have, you have passed some tests. And you have crossed some barriers. And there's even some places you said, I'm not going to go back to that. And the enemy would love more than anything to put a familiarity on you. And the Lord says that he's going to expose that. And he's releasing the torment of your soul even this morning. In the name of Jesus, we release the blood of Jesus over him right now, Father God. Uh, the blood of Jesus, the of protection around this man of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Peace of God over his mind in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break the tormenting spirit. It's funny, Trey, I see like faith and fear wrestling. <laughs> it's like you know faith, but there's also worry that you're wrestling with. And the Lord says, son, in my word, I hear him say, in my word, you will find my faith. Don't look anywhere else. Dig into the word of God. Dig. God's called you as a man of God to know his word. And there's a purpose and a call in your life. But the Lord says, son, it will only grow and manifest through my word. In the name of Jesus, Father, we break every tormenting spirit of worry, fear, anxiety. Looser now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Church, just keep praying. We're almost done. Let's pray them through in the name of Jesus right now, Father God. Every torment, every worry, every fear, every anxious place, we decree the blood of Jesus against you right now. Peace of God. Thank you for your daughter, Father God. Peace of God right now. Peace of God. In the name of Jesus. Lay it at his feet, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
right now. Every tormenting spirit, you loose him in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray if there's anything generational there, we curse it by the blood of the lamb and release him now in Jesus' name. Right now, Father God. Whatever generations before has struggled with, he is cut off from that, from this moment forward, God. He is cut off from that in the name of Jesus. He is bought by the blood of the Lamb, and we renounce those soul ties to the past in the name of Jesus. We release the freedom of the Holy Spirit right now. Same thing with his son, Father God. Hallelujah. I want you to lay hands on your son, Mario, and we're going to release this in the name of Jesus. Worry, torment, fear, loose him now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, you'll be no more tormenting spirits in the midnight hour. In the name of Jesus. I see things that you're worried about. I just hear the Lord say, you have not missed it. I don't know what that means to you. But the Lord says, you have not missed it. My grace and mercy will flow, flow over you and through you. There are better days, great days coming for you, says the Lord. Just hang on keep trusting me. Father, I thank you for this beautiful woman of God. We bind every tormenting spirit, anxiety, fear, overwhelmingness, worry, God, what the future looks like, God. I release the peace of God that passes all understanding. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you and praise you. We cover this with the blood of Jesus, everyone right now. We cover them with the blood of Jesus. We expose the light of God upon them. Lord, let them leave here full of hope and joy. Fill their mouth with laughter and their lips with shouts of praise that it's going to be a new day. And we decree that in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Love you all so much. We serve such a good God. I'm going to go ahead and have everybody stand to your feet. We're going to close with our declaration. And uh, we're going to send you on your way to enjoy your wonderful weekend. Already? Let's say this together. I declare together. Ready? I declare that God is bringing about new seasons of growth. I will not get stagnant and hold on to the old. I will be open to change knowing that God has something better in front of me. New doors of opportunity, new relationships, and new levels of favor are in my future. This is my declaration. Hallelujah. Love you all. God bless you. Wednesday night, midweek service has been fire.